0: <clears throat> yeah, it's working.
1: All right, oh, cool.
2: we got a scarf now. You're fucking fancy. Thanks, Zencaster.
1: I got a lot of scarves. Three, exactly.
2: Excuse me?
1: I have three scarves, Michelle.
2: All right. <laughs> Hello. My name's Michelle Perez. Uh, it's actually been an okay week. Not perfect. Not grand. Uh, but also not diminishing. I don't feel like any new information has been learned this week, and since we're sort of unstuck in time in our recording schedule, you you won't even have any point of reference for this shit, given that Twitter kind of induces a sort of goldfish brain. Uh, I'm Michelle Perez as always I'm joined by my various homies. We have Eliza Gager I'm staring at some shit you can't see and Eliza basically looks like Blade Runner with a big ass fucking soccer ball in front of her which is pretty dope. Uh Jake Look I he's just I, I tried to
3: be normal normal my whole life And it's just, it just never works. Like if I show up to a place and I'm wearing normal clothes, people are like, oh, hey, what are you cosplaying as? So fuck it. I give up.
2: Yeah, no, no. Right now, uh, I think everyone I used to know that was tender, queer adjacent. Now they just call each other faggot and talk about raw dogging all the time. I don't know what the fuck is happening. And as always, Ruben. Ruben's wearing a scarf. He's never worn a scarf before. And I don't know if I can trust him. It's uh, my signature I like it. scarf. I've had this for five years. Thrifted None this of scarf. Can see it. it's you look. Great. You look like the captain of a lesbian sailboat. I like it's it.
3: Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Realness
2: hmm. is
3: what it's giving me.
2: And today we are joined by a very special guest. You may have seen as work uh, on Twitter dot com, uh, a website where you know I, I'm going to be contrarian today. I think there's a lot of cool things on Twitter. And one of them is art. Controversial. That's right. That's right. If the critics have something to say, I have something to say back. Suck me. Uh, <laughs> with regard to that, we're joined by Beanie Tuesday, A.K.A. At Smirk, a very talented young artist with a penchant for very hilarious observations on online subcultures, people's seen reactions to one another uh, within those subcultures, and. How they consume them and whatnot, and also deeply introspective stuff, as well as doing a uh, a a deeply deeply homoerotic uh, action shonen slash the office style comic in bad enders. Uh, welcome to the pod. Welcome to working on it, Beanie.
4: Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, two two quick uh, points of fact. My my at my at name is actually Beanie Tuesday. Chalk and Smirk is my display name. So Get that's, her ass, Beanie. Get uh, her ass, Beanie. I've I've removed one dollar from your tip that you will be receiving at the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> thank and, you and
0: thank you. Doing my job for me.
4: B, um, I'll have to we'll have to examine the the homoerotic uh, nature you see in Bad Enders because I tried to impure that work with a what I call dark heterosexuality. Ooh. So there's clearly a sort of uh divide between author and artwork here, but we can maybe get into that in a later point in the show.
2: <laughs>
0: Michelle, what do you have to say for yourself? I,
2: I was busting out earlier of uh, reading, reading the scene where, uh, where Jay and Abel are, are in the, uh, in the bar and them politely observing the go-go dancers, the hunky go-go dancers, and it the whole scene was hilarious uh it it kind of did, did you ever see the one devil man uh sort of alternate straight to video movie where it was uh that scene where he's like fuck you in a super hyper exaggerated way uh i got i got like a lighter version of those vibes from that scene
4: i I'm not familiar with the scene, but I'm sure the vibes are similar.
0: I'll take your word for it yeah, sounds like
2: a devil man vibe well yeah no there there's a devil man basically where it where basically he goes dark and still the same devil man outcomes because uh Gona guy's a very iterative dude in his own right. right yeah
4: the devil man is pretty notorious for being so light, so I'm very interested to see how they could <laughs> possibly make the series dark.
2: Right? <laughs> people always say that about him. They're like, this is lighthearted. This is a fun romp. It's a delightful romp.
4: Um, should call it
2: Delight Man. Delight Man. Uh, Heaven, Heaven Man, even. No, no, Angel Man. Uh, so, I guess to start, uh, obviously outside of the obvious cliches, uh, a lot of people know you specifically for the virality of your comics, but also the, I don't know how to, it's hard to articulate. There's, there's the way in which you engage it. And then the reader where it's wordy, but it does not come off as didactic or instructive for its own sake. It's, it's a, a, definite artist communicating with the reader to like actually get across a cogent thought which is different than a lot of uh comics to have a viral component to it where it's it's about pressing engagement buttons uh a few select phrases that the viewer has a point of reference for that can just be hammered into fucking oblivion it's a you you do not play that game, but instead, kind of fuse this manga sensibility with it. Like, when when would you say when would you say you first got into this, and was it like naturally occurring or was it a cultivated skill?
4: Um. So I actually I really really first got into it in high school. I had a Tumblr account where I posted like stick figure comics and stuff that were sort of you know, primitive versions of what I, I post like on Twitter and Instagram now, but, um, uh, and if you look at my older, older comics, um, they're, they're not, they don't really resemble, I think the current like wordier, more, uh, you know, in, in depth style that I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of comes from, um, just i'm i'm uh, kind of just a very uh in my own head kind of guy um i my, like one of the big things i can do is like, i'll just take super long walks and kind of just like think about stuff there's no way to say that that's not like pretentious but you know just <laughs> think about stuff whatever kind of have dialogues internally so when the stuff is written out on the page it kind of is something that's been sort of you know sifted and sort of thought through um you know for, for hours and hours to kind of just get those points across i also think um like you mentioned i think sort of web comics in general um you know not excluding stuff that is kind of narrative um they kind of are just like not good um and yeah like you said it's kind of just oh this is relatable this is um there's like a, a pun or something really shitty um so here you know to get this um oh so yeah i think it's kind of I, I try to um take it almost more as like you know you're mini making it a, maybe a, a mini comedic essay with visual aids and stuff i i, I see no reason why it, you people stick to this like you know hundred year old format of like okay four panels and there's one shitty punchline joke at the in the final panel mm-hmm. um, if you're watching a comedy movie or even a comedy skit there's gonna be like several different jokes throughout so I try to always do that in mine as well and take a topic that I think is interesting or funny or I just have a lot of thoughts about and kind of wring as much humor as I can from that which usually you know results in comics that are kind of a block of text but I think people don't seem to mind that if you're actually you know okay at at writing it in a way that is uh, that flows well and that you can break up with with uh, images and and you know Make it easily readable. So I you know, that's the long answer, I guess, for
2: that. No, no, that's that that's actually an excellent part of talking about process. Uh it's it's cause like, yeah, the work doesn't have to be didactic, but talking about the work, yeah, there can be an instructive component. But uh the forethought, uh I think of it because there is a capacity uh when you're doing that uh is it's it's like the it's like the phenomena of explaining the fucking joke and then that deflates all the air out of it and you're you're sort of you're sort of, of left between essay trying to get a cogent point across or or tie it to however the reader may feel, whatever biases they have or don't have, etc. Uh whereas uh, uh just just to go, go into it. Uh I I kind of have a sort of swatch of uh some of some of your good ones. Uh we have one marked September 9th, 2020, checking out some some video essays where it breaks your traditional format. Uh where you it's kind of a take on the monoculture. But you have a great use of sort of non sequiturs to break up the obvious shit. So we so we have so we have, like, an game take, a a video essay on Steven Universe, Italian VMT, the darkest sandwich ever, epic fail over a horse, and everything wrong with bestiality, 5.4 million views. Oh, God. So I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh, one of the other ones that also let me know that... Or at least seemed to be implied that however you were doing this you were a poster in some capacity was the the funny heartwarming cop meme where you said i would where where you had one of the commenters say i would go mr hands on that pig <laughs> I, was, I was laughing because i had to like look inward like god i don't want mr hands is. that's a, that's it i'm a... going to hell terrifyingly well-written I've, I've, line I've been, I've been i've been not to get too off topic but i've i've been getting big into theism lately and like I'll, I'll probably someone will probably make a good argument that yeah this is why you should believe in a god of some form But like okay so i have to square that with like i've never seen mr hands to completion but i know its existence and i know when i was like ah fuck i have to leave like <laughs> It's awful, it's the worst thing, but i I love that sense of awareness with uh sort of insidious parts of online monoculture uh Do you ever kind of wonder how you get traction in the way uh you do like like not not in the hack way but in the sense that like people recognize your sense of familiarity? Is it ever something that that you think about or incorporate into your process, into your work?
4: Um, I think it's, it's sort of impossible to a degree once you are starting to get kind of the dopamine rush of of seeing all the likes and retweets. To not on some level kind of think about that consciously. Um, and I definitely have more now that, you know, ever since I sort of set up a Patreon and have sort of my, you know, obviously my income tied to how well my comics do, and who sees them, and my follower count, all that shit. Um, so, so definitely, I think first starting out, part of that is just natural because yeah, I'm on the computer a lot. So is everyone else on Twitter. So if I, you know, make a joke about something, you see if you on the computer a lot, other people are gonna react to it. Or if there's just a, a very, you know, uh, passionate fan base for something I'm commenting on, they're gonna wanna sort of respond to that. Um, I don't really ever try to like intentionally just say oh i know this will do big let me do a comic about fucking uh, you know homestuck or or some shit that i don't really care about i don't have anything to say but i know people will react to Mm -hmm. um but i I think um i can sometimes get a sense of like oh this will probably be fairly popular because i know this is you know i i've thought about this specific thing and i'm sure other people have as well Mm -hmm. Um, that's
0: that's the immediate sense i get from a lot of um a lot of the comics I've seen of yours, especially before I was more familiar, the ones that would, like, get retweeted into my timeline, it was almost always something that was like, um, oh, wow, this dude is absolutely making good jokes out of something we all know to be true. Like, the the different types of uh, comic store comics one, for instance.
2: Yeah. Oh, beyond the comic store one, uh, your different types of indie comics one. Back yeah. when back when I had a main, I I it stabbed me in the chest because it it was a perfect encapsulation of of subcultures and like <laughs> the the phrase t- <laughs> the death of Tumblr porn being nine eleven for those people like I came up in that scene I probably I probably wouldn't have gotten published or or whatever because of this various scenes I inhabited and being able to come up through them and and meet the people I met and the associations I had and it was just you you fucking you fucking get it in a way where it's not it's not like wholly contemptuous. It's like a reasoned how could you not laugh? And 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 like I think you even crossed in the normie spaces, uh, ancient Greek YouTube masterful, masterful, just, just not even doing your usual format of like X amount of, of dialogue between people. Instead, it's two screen caps juxtaposed, which is almost sort of a meta commentary on the, how it started, how it's beginning phenomena of Twitter. Uh, so it's, I mean, if, uh, if, with regard to that, uh, do, you, do you ever have anything in the way of, and again, I, I only speak about hack in the sense that like, it, it seems to be an enemy for a lot of people trying to move on as time goes on. Uh, I noticed this with Ely Valley, uh, a lot of people fucking hate that guy now. Even though he's been pretty consistent about what he's done, uh, do you do you ever do you ever sort of have that in the back of your mind, like X amount of people see the format and they're just going to do the eye roll, sigh, and then performative dance of giving you shit about it?
4: Um, I'm so wait, I'm not sure I understand the question. Is are you asking if? Uh am I tired of people's responses to it? No, or no, no. Do you I'm do at- you
2: feel do you feel like like in terms of a creative arc? Do you feel like that's something you'll ever encounter? Not on Ely's terms, but because you're someone that operates out of Twitter, it's sort of a phenomena. Uh where yeah, you you do a thing and you fucking nail it, and then I think now People are litigating this in queer scenes and in art scenes. Uh, Not necessarily cancellation, but the terms on which they articulate disgust or, I don't know, throwing shit fits about something someone makes. Uh, Like, is there anything you ever think of in a significant or not insignificant way?
4: Um. I so I I don't know I guess um, the best I can say is I really don't get I'm I'm very lucky I really get almost no negative comments on my stuff, which is really um, flattering. Obviously, I get a lot of comments that are kind of just you know standard blase like "LOL, this is so true," blah blah blah. You know, kind of eye rolly, whatever. But you know, whatever. Um, So I don't. I have yet to experience anyone really, you know, like the same criticism over again. Mm-hmm. um i i think the closest to that is just people going oh too much text not gonna read which like all right then <laughs> go, you can you can go watch teletubbies or something i don't give a fuck um yeah like uh you know call, i can say they like all right i'm calling my audience to bigot people who are smarter or or something or we're just willing to read more um mm-hmm. so uh yeah I, i'm not super concerned about that i think mostly in terms of like moving on creatively i i, I am sort of trying more to You know, mix it up. I like to, you know, make stuff that is very, oh, this is a straightforward joke I thought of. It's funny. Bing, bong, boom, whatever. As well as doing stuff that is maybe a little more thoughtful, like some of my my more introspective comics and stuff that is a little more narrative or or whatever. I have a lot of ideas that I just don't really have time for right now because, especially because I'm, you know, I have to try to focus on whatever is going to, you know, get my Patreon money higher, unfortunately. Um, But that's just the reality of it. Um, like I'd like to dabble in making like a short horror comic. I sort of mentioned that before I have an idea for, um, other stuff like that. I definitely like to advance creatively and and do more stuff that isn't just sort of one off, like gag strips. Um, uh, you know, part of that is I want to improve my art a lot for sure. I still feel like, I feel like what's that, um, Adam Sandler movie where he's like an adult in like grade school. Okay. Billy Billy Madison. Madison. Billy, yeah that's like me when because i learned how to like starting to learn how to draw at like 25 um so so that is something that i think is a little bit of a, a holding me back in, from doing that but also the money thing but um yeah i mean in terms of like the negative the you know fan reaction that i really really am lucky that i don't have much of that so far
2: yeah uh, and i don't bring it bring it up as like some sort of uh like point of contention i I always think about it now because uh because of i don't know how to say it people have very skewed senses of scrutiny and since Mm -hmm. uh since you have such a large following on on twitter and uh, such a viral component on twitter it, it it's interesting to sort of see that uh or or hear that rather uh from you in that yeah it's largely it's largely positive response, even though you kind of go over a range of stuff, like, <laughs> like, like, one of the things is like, you you talk you talk about like, or rather, you, in one of the the more introspective comics, you sort of talk about almost being a closeted come down fan, oh, and just swoon, is that having tr- beads of sweat from the, oh, oh, to, that's a deep devil. cut. See- Devil characters face. Oh, Secret, absolutely. it's
4: out. it's out. Um, no. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I I try and make a point to um. There's definitely jokes in the past. Where I've been like, uh, I'm gonna maybe nix this one or, or change it or something. Um, cause yeah, it you know people can get shit for you know a a lot of stuff anything even stuff that is totally unsubstantial if it just gets enough steam not that i'm like oh i'm I'm gonna get someone to cancel me whatever um but um i i try to ride that line pretty like on the knife's edge between not wanting to censor myself too much and just sort of being edgy and whatever but also not um saying anything insane like you know i don't know yeah don't don't say you know Uh, stuff that is like ultra controversial if i do i'll probably say it in like um veiled terms you might see the occasional tweet where it's like hey i'm not gonna say what i saw but some of you guys are fucking crazy um Mm
2: -hmm.
4: but i don't know um uh i think um i'm just smart about that some people don't know how to keep their mouth shut
2: yeah no that's the thing well Uh, said that's the thing uh, and i'll kick it to some of the other folks here but like there's a definite there's a definite negative component to just solely doing it through twitter and that like you have to be a personality that people map certain things onto uh as opposed to how most people maybe traditionally thought of as artists in the past where there aren't necessarily people with insanely coherent sets of connecting beliefs but that yeah you're you're supposed to tick xbox which is is different than the sort of problematic uh versus non-problematic dichotomy like like i i have had in my life like many 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 super hyper aggressive tender queer people like my shit and they act like ISIS all the fucking time and they need to chill out, but like I I watched those really shitty Christian uh, films. Have you ever heard of Assassin 33 AD? Oh,
4: that yeah, that movie rules. Absolute, that fucking, banger. Absolute <laughs> movie fucking, fucking banger. Absolute fucking
2: banger. Double taps Jesus in the head. <sighs> fucking Whoa. incredible.
0: I'm googling it.
2: Yeah, uh... But, after but yeah. young
0: geniuses create time travel, they find that radical extremists <laughs> are using it to send assassins back in time to kill Jesus. Okay. Just, had to that, just had to get that log line out of the way.
2: How can you not want to watch that after. See, even if the production values are bad, the buy in is that someone's going to double tap Jesus. And it was a former Navy SEAL that went back in time to kill Jesus. And he's like, on your knees, motherfucker. Amazing. The, uh, lore,
4: the the way they incorporate biblical lore into that movie, if you have not been, have it spoiled for you... They were considering oh my about God. it. They were considering oh, about my it. God. It was mm. so good.
2: So mm. good. Uh, it, it, I kind of don't want to know more. Yeah, scoops. I'll just watch the movie. I mean, it gets super racist uh, most of the movie. I'm Just a preface here. Just go in with your eyes open. Uh, I would not endorse paying money to... <laughs> see this movie but yeah uh jake uh you had some shit you wanted to ask my guy
0: oh well i was just gonna ask about you mentioned earlier about stuff being tied to the patreon but just like colloquially like i've really enjoyed um seeing a lot of the comics you've done that have crossed over with other communities so i love fighting games for instance um you know i watched the daigo comic you made go viral uh through the fgc twitter stuff um and ditto the magic stuff i played competitive magic for a long time um so i was just kind of wondering what what kind of history you have with either of those things really card games or fighting games and uh if you get um i mean obviously you'll get people to stay on but do you find like uh making comics like that is helpful for this part of your your career where you are trying to get the patreon number to go up a little bit
4: um yeah i think sort of yes and no um i i guess so first part of your question is that um i was really into Yu Gi Oh and like you know middle school or whatever same as everyone else uh magic i never got super into although i it's one of those things if i had sort of time and people to play Mm. with i'd love to get more into but i did always think um yeah you know the 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 difference between the two couldn't be more stark although i'm showing i guess my age and that After I posted it, everyone's saying, oh, the Yu-Gi-Oh card doesn't have uh, eight paragraphs of text on it about, uh, you know, oh, synchro
0: or whatever. Um, That's just every card game these days, honestly. Yeah. Um,
4: So that was purely just like, wow, there's starkness is is hilarious here. As for fighting games, I I love fighting games, but I don't have, uh, unfortunately, I don't have really the time or the money or the setup to play too many anymore. Mm -hmm. I was... Super big into uh, Smash is my main one, which uh, not a real fighting game, um, but uh, uh, melee and ultimate mainly. Um, right, but, right. Um, I do, I do watch Street Fighter. Obviously, I do. Guilty Gear, I think has like I mostly like it for just the uh, like all the designs and the aesthetics of everything. It's it's so bonkers. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, sort of a I guess more of a viewers enjoyment more so than being a super active player, although I would like, you know, to do that more in the I future. Mean, I mean,
0: I, I watch way more fighting games than I play as well, um, but I still, it's fun to spectate. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah. Um, and as for, does it help with the Patreon? I think it depends. Um, again, for a lot of those that do get sort of mega popular in those groups, I think the more popular it gets, kind of the less people will sort of stick to it a lot of the time. Um. Okay. Like with the, this most recent magic of the gathering one I got, I don't remember how many, you know, likes on it, like 50,000 or something. Um, and I got like the amount of, uh, new followers I got was like a hundred and, uh, the amount of new patrons I got was like maybe one, which is, you know, not a, a good, you compare that to like a ratio. Of, if I post like a really personal comic, it right. might only get, you know, maybe 5,000 likes, but I might get a hundred new patrons or, you know, a thousand new, fo- whatever. Right, right, um, right. Cuz the people are going to see that and be like, "Oh wow, this guy's saying something that I like or or whatever." I it, my my mark is on it more than something that just sort of looks like, you know, it, more me me, I guess you could say. Sure, um, sure, sure. So, it's a bit of a gamble. Although I I definitely knew making the magic one like, "Ooh, this is going to do numbers." Yeah,
0: it was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: but uh but yeah, it, it you know. It, it it is what it is. Um For I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's basically the answer.
0: Oh, that's cool. Uh, it's just uh, it's something Ruben, that you know you think about in terms yeah. of uh, this. Twitter is where all these communities intersect. So,
2: right, Ruben. Uh, I was going to ask uh, in in terms of in terms of accuracy, where Beanie was talking about those cards. I've I've never I've never fucking played Yu Gi Oh. Like, is he on the money Yu Gi Oh wise?
1: Yeah, it's pretty accurate for how a Geo card would work, but also uh, the criticism that there wasn't enough text on the card is also incredibly accurate. Yu-Gi-Oh cards uh, quickly spiraled into, like, you need a deck that is all cartoon people, and uh, you need to have sacrificial monsters to get to your good monsters. But they're also by name, so it's not just, hey, do you want to get a big dragon out of your deck? You gotta kill a little dragon or send it through time, whatever the fuck it is. It's it's shit like this card is the young version of an older card, so you need that card by name, so you need a you know, little, little young green white dragon, and then you need old green white dragon, and then you need a card that specifically summons that one. And I stopped following Yu-Gi-Oh super early on in the same way that um, I tried to get away from magic, you know, uh, after high school, because
2: it's not a good game. You talk about it like you're leaving Mormonism. It's fucking wild.
0: I mean, I don't think Ruben's played either of those games in a long time. It's been a but while. But I think, I think more than anything, like what what that comic does is, it's just like it gets people thinking about the older cards. Because, yeah, like, anyways, it's a silly criticism. If someone was like, "Well, the Magic cards need to be more powerful," no one would relate to this comic. Everyone relates to this because. The made-up magic card and imprudent dealings looks absolutely like something you would find in your cousin's cardboard box of leftover magic cards. The flavor, and you would, read it and you would go, "What? What's this supposed to do?
4: I it's, don't get it."
2: It's a pre-inistrad card. It's a pre-inistrad card. Let's just fucking say it, okay. It's a
4: pre-Innistrad it's, card. It's a pre-Innistrad card. I agree, 100%. <laughs> this is, true. This when is I was, true. When I was writing that comic, I said, whoa, 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 this card's <laughs> got to be pre-Innistrad. If there's one thing, I, it's got to be pre-Innistrad.
0: If people think this card is post-Innistrad, I've failed. Yeah,
4: exactly. Um, I, I, one joke I didn't really get to include, which I thought was funny, um, is just the idea that and again, this has also gone away with the newer Yu-Gi-Oh cards that are all insanely long effect stuff. Is the flavor text on a lot of the old Yu-Gi-Oh normal monsters is pretty funny because it's all stuff like, you know, oh, the card is like, you know, the wandering uh, goblin. And it's like, this goblin wanders across many lands. Who knows what he's looking for? Maybe he'll never find it. Just like pointless, <laughs> like, okay, cool, I guess.
0: Tidy meanderings. Yeah. I love that shit. You are going to have
1: two fucking names. It seems like one of the longest Yu Gi Oh card names is Blackluster Soldier Envoy of the Evening Twilight. That's a fucking book at
2: that point. That that's a that's that's literally the name of a band.
3: Is that a function of translation from Japanese? Because, you know, the Japanese names that are that long, the character is gonna that's smash true. it down. Could that's why Japanese shorter. like Japanese Twitter, they're writing, you know, blog posts on there because their character limit is is the same as ours, but they can say a lot more with a lot less.
1: No, it still looks pretty fucking long yes. Japanese, too. Looks Simply
0: fine. built better.
2: Yeah. It's about to say... Oh, uh, uh... not... no, sorry. Yes? No, no, um, I was trying I was to was interrupt saying, you.
3: Um, I wanted to address something that you said many minutes ago about how you started to draw when you were 25 and you feel like you're behind. Um... I have a a lot of people, you know, kind of ask me for advice about that stuff, just because they've been following my work for a while or whatever, and they want to learn how to draw. And I think I have, what I've seen if, with people who start drawing when they're adults is that they they progress a lot faster than people who start drawing when they're children, because you're not fighting that you know, kids have this this issue with dexterity and, and hand eye coordination because you're you're trying to develop all of your hand eye coordination and stuff at the same time as you're trying to draw. So if you're an adult, and you already know how to move your fucking limbs. You're going to be way ahead um, of where you would have been if you're eight, you know, and trying to learn how to draw. So don't worry about it. Is is what I'm saying. You're um, obviously draw. you can already fucking draw. But if if you wanted to you know keep developing in a different direction or something you're going to learn a lot faster than you would have if you had started when you were a kid so try not to try not to worry about it
4: No that's good to hear that is that's yeah. very uh definitely very uh uh comforting is what we're looking for
0: It's a cool point cuz you said you did stuff in high school was there like a period where you you went away from drawing and then was like and then kind of started going back again to do it on online in the way you do now uh
4: so the one no, not real. so the ones i made in high school were just straight up like stick figures and if you if you go oh, back yeah, okay. yeah you go back deep enough my older comics like on instagram are, are the same um i think mainly the reason i didn't really draw i, I would like doodle in my margins but my older brother is like a, a super talented artist mm. um and so i would always sort of be you know just feeling really weird about that you know we're both fucking i'm 11 he's 14 or something and we're both drawing naruto and his naruto is like a million times better (laughs) i'm just like fuck fuck this i'm i quit art and um there's always somebody
0: who could draw the better naruto
4: yeah 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 and then like late college i like sort of started to like dip my toe in again and it wasn't for another few years where i was like all right let me like open up like an anatomy book or something and like try and get a little bit serious
2: yeah uh that that's the wild thing a lot of people have done comics. Uh, maybe they were doing things that they didn't realize were subculture stuff. I'm going to ask you to dig deep to a fucking weird place. Have you yeah. ever just stapled together pieces of paper with your stickmen and shit?
4: Uh, like in, when I was clear in like, tape, elementary school?
2: Clear tape is also applicable.
4: I think I have done that
2: when I was very young. We, 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 my, my father discouraged me because he thought I was getting the wrong messages from stuff. But like I made a little stick figure style comic that was like a Batman analog and for a Riddler stand in, it was still the question mark, but I named him the hooker because oh, no. the question Mark was a hooker. And he's like. He got a learn, hook. Where, where'd you learn that word? That's, <laughs> said, he's got a hook. That's fucking great. <laughs> and he says he puts his he pushes his fingers into his eyes. Like what the? Hmm, what
0: the, f- the Riddler. What are, what are some other I'm, qualities? What are the? What are this man's other qualities? Ah, uh, uh, yes, I know.
2: He's a man of delightful. He's questions. a man who holds a cane with a hook. Hmm. Yeah. I I wanted to ask a sort of erroneous question uh because i noticed that you draw a lot of your inspiration uh i mean one of the things you talk about that i love that you talk about is baki cuz baki is fucking oh, yeah. nuts are you a berserk guy at all
4: um i like berserk i definitely do i think it you know it's super unique um i'm not maybe as as gaga as some people are over it i think a lot of people think it's like one of the top 5 manga of all time i wouldn't i wouldn't say that but i, I love it it's great
2: like one one a guy I have a pretty good correspondence with very friendly guy Leslie Lee the third from the Struggle Session podcast. He is a big Berserk guy. I barely know anything about Berserk, but anytime I go to read about Berserk, so the main character Guts. Based upon everything you know about Berserk, like why can't people leave that fucking guy alone? What the hell did he do in a previous life to deserve everything that's happened to him? Why is no one nice to Guts and Berserk? In as few words as possible, please.
4: Hmm. Um. I think shit sucks for him because it's sort of supposed to be a meditation on the, the just pure brutality of the dark medieval age. But uh, the more fun answer is that... Um, he uh he's he's got a very strong jawline and every every villain is just an incel who wants to uh, <clears> attack <throat> him for that. You know? Um I mean uh, Griffith he's is too jealous handsome. of his of his Chad jaw, I think is the it's real true.
0: answer. That's a big virgin Chad energy right yeah, there. Yeah, guts and Griffith. I really, yeah,
2: yeah not Oh sorry.
4: Griffith,
0: go
2: on.
4: Griffith is Griffith is kinda of like the like the Ur er- Virgin, where it's like virginal, but in kind of like an alluring kind of ma- like, uh, this is weird. Never mind. I'd take that comment back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, forget, no. Forget we're, getting to, with this.
0: we're getting to Galaxy Rain. No, with no, no. Griffith, yeah. Griffith,
2: Griffith is very much a, a sort of synthetic uh, Virgin Chad synthesis, is the impression I get. Uh, the, just the androgyny and like too evil. Griffith is too evil. He's too mean. He should be nicer to this he should be nicer to this fucking guts guy. Like every time I look at that guts guy, he looks like he's about to cry out of his remaining eye, and that just sucks. I like want that guy to be okay, and I'm tired of people giving him shit. I I I don't want to speak for everyone in the pod, but like I would like us to have a firm stance against Griffith. He is, he is fucking bad news. I'm tired of people enabling this guy. He's a son of all, a bitch.
0: All I know about Berserk is that he's the bad guy. That's literally it. That's all I know. So, you know? Other than Guts is the main guy. I know Guts is the main guy. Griffith is not a good guy.
2: He's just mad yeah. that Guts can lift uh, shit. And the
0: lady, the lady suffers.
4: <laughs> I, I will happily denounce Griffith, but I will wholly endorse Femto. So,
2: oh yeah! Whoa! Um, All right. Uh,
4: yeah. No, I think the biggest contribution that Berserk has made into the comics world is it's the first manga I've seen that references uh, Jar Jar Binks. Um, so that's true. That's not a joke. Uh, if you read the latest Wait, Berserk yeah, chapter, tell me.
0: Tell me more.
4: There's um, they do they do a bunch of Star Wars jokes with a little fa- uh, what Puck is doing like Star Wars like uh, uh little um charades and he he dresses up like jar jar binks um so i don't first manga i've seen that so i give that man yeah, I mean, already
0: for real is he just a big prequels fan that's incredible i guess so kentara Miura, big fan of the prequels
2: he
1: wants to draw the prequel manga it's coming full anime readaptation of
2: Oh, uh, that, would, that would own. There, there are a few licensed Star Wars mangas, so it's not that far out of the realm of possibility.
1: Uh, or uh, just to do a book on General Grievous because that dude fucks.
2: General Grievous
4: is the best, uh, best Cox, character. I think why... um, yeah, for
2: sure. I'd say with if we could get like Gennady Tarkovsky renditions, the filmic, eh, kind of a mixed bag, like i i it's prefer the really animated cool. stuff you know drag me if you will no one drag me to if drag you me.
4: will drag me if you will was the sequel to drag me to hell by uh, <laughs> whoever made that movie
2: sam raimi I mean,
0: that's a great yeah, that's sam, like raimi. sam Raimi. one of the last great sam raimi like uh just all-out horror flicks man that, that has a good theme make.
3: that was, was one of the best yeah. pieces of music associated i with really needed. it i haven't
0: i haven't watched that movie since college but i just remember renting it at a literal video store with people uh watching it on a college like dorm projector and just having a fucking blast of with of with like how how fun we didn't expect that movie to be
3: i saw it in theaters i think but yeah that's, that, i mean
0: yeah that one, good taste. that one
3: piece of music that's like up there with which with uh march of the dead it's super good i can't remember who the composer is now
2: I mean historically if it's Sam Raimi it's either going to be Danny Elfman or uh, It's
3: not. That's the interesting thing about it. It's somebody else. It's it's like someone kind of doing an homage to 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 classic Elfman before Elfman became his own dick-sucking ororus. Just
2: like John Williams. Have you William. ever seen Beanie, have you ever seen recent photos of Danny Elfman?
4: Uh, no, but I assume his transformation has been, to put it succinctly, a uh, carrot-top-like in nature. Oh Is my god. Yes. He... I, yes! I knew it. I knew
0: extremely it. accurate. Extremely accurate.
4: Oh, I'm fucking Nostradamus. I knew it. The redheads yeah. can't resist it. Hey, um, <laughs> who's the fucking guy who did Shape of You? He's gonna be looking like that in ten years, I promise.
2: Oh, god.
0: Ed Sheeran? No. No. Yeah. yeah, it's true. He's gonna get- He's gonna, the redheads have a roid guy. Yeah, and they, they, If you get to a certain level of redhead fame, you get a
2: card in the mail yeah. you change with a number name on it.
4: To Ed, Ed Sheer Power.
2: Oh. <laughs> you, no, you, I mean, uh, if, Jake, uh, as producer, I signed you to the task of uh, throwing it in chat with that recent photo of of uh, him, but he looks he looks like Lou Reed if Lou Reed was like going to dedicate himself to committing hate crimes and he's got this big tribal arm tattoo if you if you want he he looks like someone that is has been way too self-conscious about being in a band called Oingo Boingo. Uh, it's very wild uh, it's
0: the press photo this here i'm finding it
3: yeah, he's he, like wearing a lot of makeup
0: yeah it's he's uh, kind of going, going for yeah. an Eddie Izzard thing maybe oh, fuck Here's a picture of he looks Swole like ADL. um
3: man who's that who's the the astrologer? The documentary just came out about him. Oh, he always he always does the sun. Obviously,
2: mucho mm. mucho amor. Yeah. Right, right, right. He, lo- he looks
0: like that. it's not, it's not Neil deGrasse. Tyson No, uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> no, it's not.
2: No, it's not Neil deGrasse Tyson. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, I, we
0: all know. We all know that he. That's his sign off. That's Neil astrologer. deGrasse Tyson's <laughs> sign off. Known Spanish language astrologer Neil deGrasse Tyson.
3: Yeah. Mucho, mucho amor. Do they always you do like a sleeve bucks. of like tribal tattoos
1: <laughs> behind all the track marks?
2: Oh fuck. And I was about to say, just kind of going through my notes here. One of the few times I have, because like you, it, it's weird. It's interesting to learn your point of origin and like when things clicked uh, for you. And in terms of, uh, in terms of how you feel moving forward with your work, uh, it was interesting to say that you want to do different genre of work. Um, how much of a of your current approach to to that do you think would be applicable, and uh, like, how do you feel you'd maybe change process to sort of fit the needs for different genre?
4: Um, I think definitely, I don't know. I'd ha- I'd have to do a whole different uh, sort of approach. I think I've sort of gotten. You know, a pretty pretty into the flow of how to do this sort of one off little, ha ha funny ch- comics, um, and stuff like uh, working on Badender's, as as rough as I think that is, and I still think that the whole first volume is like, r- you can tell it's very amateurish. But I did learn a lot. I think about how to like pace a story, how to, um, you know, um, do paneling and and all that stuff. For something that's more narrative. That has the benefit of being funny as well so for whatever shortcomings there are i can at least sort of say well even if it is you know rough around the edges it's still going to be funny so i think if i were to like i said you know work on this horror comic which i wouldn't want to make a comedy um i would have to make sure to just really just refine my my writing and uh refine my artistic skills which i try to do you know constantly every every opportunity to write a comic even if it's short mm-hmm. and to draw a comic I try to take to uh you know improve my my skills um but uh ultimately I, I don't even I don't even know it could be that um i'm I'm mostly cut out for just doing shorter stuff I think even working on like batter just two or other long I've done some short stories and some are like long short stories and those wear wear down on me so I might be Ultimately, sticking to shorter form stuff, but I, you know,
2: I, I guess uh,
4: I'll figure it out as I go. Is the the main answer? I
2: I, I will kick it to Eliza. I, I, just less a question, but I I've been learning while scripting a horror comic myself uh, that you you have to sort of sort of move your schema of the things that make you you into into that instead of uh writing with regard to expectation uh so you can kind of incorporate your voice into that one of one of the hilarious things about uh all of what I'd gotten from bad enders was your use of non-sequitur not only in writing but in art uh where it breaks up form for example you have hyper detailed uh, versions of your characters but then they become fucked up little guys uh that are armless and look like like Lego Duplo <laughs> versions of them or or are maybe a step removed from being emojis uh in terms of their expressions uh any anytime anytime uh, a character of yours puts their hand on their own face uh you have a you have a grasp on on how people relate to uh sort of getting stupidity across in a joke visually and expressions on the face that i find fucking fascinating
0: i have a question uh what is the origin of beanie tuesday the name
4: aha um so the so i basically when i first started um you know posting on twitter i i you know uh had put any thought into it definitely if i was thinking i would get more than like a thousand followers i would have chosen something a little more badass um (laughs) but um yeah uh so it's it's just a steam name i used but the origin of that steam name is uh one of my biggest comedy influences of all time and i think if you go back and uh, look at these you can Mm -hmm. you can find this is the uh podcast pod toy that's destructoids video game podcast i had okay Jim, oh wow Jim Sterling, i think is the most famous person on that as well as um jonathan holmes okay. um and uh they had a recurring segment called film pitches for willem dafoe where they would <laughs> make up they would make up these really weird um sort of uh, combining like horror and like sexual It just I, it can't be it can't be explained go on youtube Film pitches for Willem Dafoe. This is for the listeners. Check them right right. out. Um, and there's one film pitch called "I'll Photograph Your Ass." Um, <laughs> and in in that film pitch, Willem Dafoe is playing an evil journalist named Beanie Tuesday.
2: Oh, oh my my God. There it is. So That's a great I, deep cut.
4: Yeah, yeah. When I was in college, I um, I, I grabbed that name, made it my steam name, and it's stuck ever since.
0: That's great uh so it was sort of an online name that just went that kind of evolved into your Namdegor or whatever you want to call it yes yes um is there uh is there any big reason behind that decision uh just the the anonymity of it uh mostly is it just to have a chiller kind of private life
4: um y- yeah kind of i think early on there was a period of time um where i was posting stuff like political stuff and it kept getting reposted into these insane like instagram that my instagram i love all my twitter followers my instagram followers are psychos uh they okay. migrate from <laughs> reposts that are posted to like shit called like epic pepe politifash me or just like shit that is wild mm-hmm. um, so seeing a bunch of like frog avatar people migrate all at once kind of gave me like the heebie jeebies. now years on i'm not actually like scared someone's gonna like show to my house and murder me or anything but it has become more of just something where um I don't know it feels like a little more freeing to be able to kind of speak my mind and not like I I don't know have people just look at photos of my face it is a big part just sort of self-consciousness
0: I think I, I like it I mean I I miss the days on the internet where everyone kind of was a different name and stuff like that so I think it's I think it's cool to be using it in the way that you are
4: yeah, yeah. I think I think eventually, if if I were at a point where I decided I, I needed to, or I wanted to start like doing conventions or I had to, I don't know, be a public facing person, I might. Uh, that's just something that I would just have to do. But I think at the moment, uh, I'm not someone who has any interest in being like, oh, here's here's my selfie. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If you do like that, right, but, right. Uh, it, I, if someone said anything negative, I would just like die instantly. So I cannot do that.
0: that's fair
2: that's fair absolutely and I guess uh, it's weird Simon Hanselman had sort of related a similar thing like he had had like very goofy fucking Instagram followers uh, where obviously they seem much differently aligned and sometimes there could be a sort of sense of guilt by association and various associations that don't really need to be litigated at length but uh in terms of in terms of that it was kind of interesting to see the sort of very broad uh reader base you have uh, based on your twitter it's 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 not really it's not really something you could map to one sort of political alignment which i think a lot of people do nowadays because people seem much more captured do you feel like as things kind of calm down politically because it seems like it's moving to that point that that will be a thing that people think about less in terms of their own work and then who consumes it
4: um so i guess two things i, I think first of all i i i do have a, a fairly diverse i think following in, in in some respects i think definitely all my followers lean pretty heavily to the left mm-hmm. uh just because that you know that's sort of unavoidable in my in my comics um you know i'm not making any attempt to like not you know oh be soft on the democrats or whatever um but um in terms of people not really thinking about politics i think at least for me um i think there's definitely a sense that there's so much work so much content now that tries to be explicitly political with mixed degrees of success you can't like uh you know throw a, a rock without hitting like a a you know socialist podcast these days yeah. and only like one one percent of them are any good so <laughs> it, it feels like um, it, it feels like um a lot of the time I, you kind of have to check yourself and or at least what i do is i start checking check myself like am i saying anything um that is remotely interesting here or that anyone hasn't said before much better because i think i'm Reasonably smart. I'm not like a a political analyst or anything, though. Yeah. um And if if I'm not, well, then it has to be just very uniquely funny, you know. Oh yeah. Um, but
2: I I I don't I don't say it to have because if I bring up people being captured by the political moment, I also think of the way you sort of jump over a lot of trends. I, I'm thinking of Joe Biden like trying to put wafts of Hatsune Miku's holograms hair in his mouth and you know nodding very serenely that's that's a fucking uh, amazing was, bit
4: <laughs> it was it was luca Megarine first of all oh if, if it was if it was miku we would be in a, a second world war i mean a third world war uh, okay
2: duly uh, noted. But,
4: God. Uh, <laughs> no, just just uh anyways um yeah no i i think that was more just trying to be absurd and and kind of um you know, play off Joe Biden being a, a weirdo, creep, pervert guy, um, more so than being like, Th- this will fucking take him down. Got you know? his ass. Got his ass. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm looking at the strip right now. In terms of uh, physical publishing, has that been anything you've uh, looked at or considered in any serious capacity? Or have you put um, in any zines?
4: i i have not yet i've had a few people ask i i think i kind of have a a a lot of things going on right now i think once i finish bad Enders 2 there maybe i would compile them into like one big thing but they're the size of the pages and everything is all fucked up and i didn't pay any mind to like getting the right dpi or whatever when i was starting out so i don't know if that would would work super well um but uh i am right now i'm there's a uh I don't know how much I can say about this, but I'm working with someone—not like a, a professional, whatever—just a guy, a guy I know, sort of. No who's, who's putting together a, a little comics anthology with a couple different sort of indie online comics creators. So I'll have a uh, an original comic that's just going to be a few pages in that. So if anyone out there's a, a diehard fan, in a couple months, hey,
2: stay have- tuned for. That's a good Something exclusive. More, yeah. yeah, yeah, exclusive. Yeah, no, I anthologies, hope. that's how I got in the game. Anthologies whip ass. Uh, yeah, I love yeah. self-contained stories uh, and also editorial sort of having a tastemaker sense associated with it where there's a there's a, there's a a clear cohesive vision. That's really cool to hear.
0: Agreed.
4: Yeah, yeah. Again, I hope I haven't upset the person by saying that, but I think it should be fine.
0: Uh, uh, this will come out for a minute, too, so yeah. you should be all right. Um, I wanted to ask uh, when you when you're moving into the longer form stuff because uh, you have the itch page. Uh, how else have you considered the move from primarily doing your comics published via like Instagram and Twitch or Twitter? I mean, to um, to you know like a medium that's a little more suited to to a bigger story like like your Bad Enders issues.
4: Um, sorry, I totally blanked. It was just what are my thoughts on switching?
0: Well, it's like how, what like have you did you turn to itch? because that's the best uh sort of way for you to put that stuff out oh yeah
4: um Um, yeah yeah i i think um pretty much when i finished badgers one i just wanted a way to like um it would i put it on Imgur, but then i knew that was kind of not the ideal method of doing it so i was like all right this is supposed to be read as a pdf i'm just gonna i literally just like asked around hey where's uh what's the best place to put this like itch.io fucking comics I, i don't know and um and I just threw it up on itch.io and I was like, all right, here, here's that pay what you want. I don't really care. Um, and, uh, and then I also wrote a couple short stories that I thought fit better on there. And, you know, I'm not going to f- spam people's Twitter with like full pages of text. So it, it's basically just anything that um, I think you don't want clogging up your feed. Um, we'll just go on there. Um, but I tend to not, you know, use it all, all that much. Right on,
0: um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For those, for people that might have seen your stuff on Instagram or Twitter and hadn't looked too closely at the other stuff that's linked, um, I guess that is just like digitally one of the better platforms
2: you can be on right Ruben, now to put that stuff out. Ruben, do you have a thought? I see a finger pointing.
1: I just had a little follow up here, beans. Um, okay. <laughs> I think back in January, it looks like your heating was fucked up, and you had to sleep in a sleeping bag.
4: Yes. Uh, has the heating been fixed? Um, so the heating uh, short answer is no, um, that's um, but the long answer is I, I. Uh, in fact, my roommates confronted me about this just tonight. Apparently it's not normal to sleep in a sleeping bag uh, if you're, <laughs> you're an adult who lives in a house, but um, yeah. I think it's comfortable. I think it keeps you extra warm and you can you can brag to girls that you're like Finn from Adventure Time and they go, oh, I love Adventure Time eh. man, um, but um, yeah, no, it, the heating still sucks, um, and it's still very cold, and I have to wear a down jacket in my room. But um, so, is yeah. the
1: sleeping bag because you already had it for camping, or did you get a sleeping bag because you were like, it's time to innovate on blankets? And a uh, sleeping bag in a bed is pretty choice.
4: I, I did. Oh yeah, thank you. I, I did already have it, um, and I just needed some extra warmth. But um, it's uh, it's very nice. The, here's a little tip for all you baggers out there, all the all the, the SB fans. Um, it, it's
0: getting, The P.O.B. People of bag. Yeah. No,
4: yeah, let's people, get into
0: the lifestyle. Yeah. All
4: right. Check this out. I'm selling my whole new subreddit, r slash baggers, just for sleeping bags. Wait, wait, wait.
1: What's your setup? Though? Is this a mummy style bag? Do you just go standard rectangle? Do you get the extra tall, extra large rectangle?
4: I, I go mummy style. Now, here's here's why you got to go mummy style. Because you, you zip up all. If extra cold night, zip it up all the way, put the little hood thing over your head, and here's here's where it gets choice. Get your iPhone out. Download whatever white noise app you like. Put it in the hood with you, and the it'll jump off the insides of the hood, and it'll increase the acoustics, so it will actually feel like you're in the cabin of an airplane or whatever under the seat whatever the hell you want it to be. Um, and you'll feel extra snugly, um, and it's great.
1: I'm on the other end of the bags. I'm not in the. I don't like mummy style bags because it gets in on my legs, and then I get like a weird feeling about that. Um. I think I have some minor claustrophobia issues. Unlike like when, you know, like when you get stuck in a shirt and you can't get your arm out because you fucked up trying to take the arm out. And then you're fucking, I got really freaked out when I did that as a kid. And then that kind of spiraled from there. Um,
0: so did you get like, lost in your shirt a little too long one day?
1: It was just, it. I was in my fucking shirt with my elbow coming in for like 10 minutes. And I was just screaming at that point, telling someone else to get me out of this fucking shirt because I couldn't figure it out anymore.
0: This explains a lot uh so the
1: fu- so i go full rectangle bag um tall boy so i gotta get a little uh, i get like the largest one they got inside there um yeah big on bags is that a coleman or what kind of bag got
4: oh shit you know i actually don't know what the brand is it was um i got it specifically for a trip to myanmar and to sleep in the woods a kind of a long story um so it was like one of those ultra low temperature bags um so it's actually pretty or- nice yeah. yeah yeah um and definitely uh not something that you would think would just be used in like a really shitty apartment you know instead of like oh buy some sponsored mountain climber or whatever um, but you know it's
1: not cheap the uh, cheapest bags usually don't like su- do summer mummy sleeping bags
4: exactly exactly you know a good rectangle it's it's what we call a a starter bag if you're if you're more of a a high level bagger you gotta go mummy but you know it's not for everybody
0: yeah,
1: But I also supplement Ryrectangle Rectangle Bag just to get into it more is that I also have a camping blanket so it's sleeping bag material but it's a small blanket because it's the same technique I simulate in bed I don't sleeping bag in bed typically sometimes I'll sleep bag in the living room um, just to, I just like to sleep on the floor sometimes uh, but in bed I use two blankets and then one is a pillow that also is a hood for my head so that there's like a cross section so heat doesn't escape from my feet but it's more focused on my torso it's so that simulated sleeping bag where I have a sleeping blanket that is a pillow that I also put over my head and then cover my face with the blanket while I'm in the sleeping bag. I just can't. I got a lot of I got a lot of heat body heat regulation issues when sleeping and stuff, so it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's very specific. By the way, I just wanted to follow up on
4: that. I want to check in there. That's an impressive setup you have for sure. Um,
0: Do you? Uh, did you? Is this? I mean, obviously you had the sleeping bag anyway and you enjoy being in the bag. Uh is that is this like a camping thing at all or is it more just like the comfiness of it?
4: Um, I haven't gone camping in a while, although I do I do enjoy camping now and then. Um but yeah, no, it's it's mostly honestly it's just utilitarian for, for the warmth mostly. That you makes know, sense I, in your situation, have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got the bag plus two different um comforters. And I feel like it comes to a point where if you just have like six comforters, it it's gonna feel like a a big giant is lightly stepping on you. Um, mm-hmm. So That's maybe the best. You're into that, I'm I'm not. So I I go with the bag. And um, so far, no reason to switch. I think if I if I get into like a fresh long term relationship, there might be an issue with the bag. <laughs> there being only one bag.
0: Um, I saw your comic about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah
4: um but uh for now you know it's the ultimate uh bachelor's sleeping uh scenario so i have no reason to give it up
1: it also seems like an easy transition you could just they got double bags couple-sized bags or you could just have two bags that could zip together and get cross zip compatibility i
2: don't like so the that, imp- i'm sorry to interrupt. i don't like the fucking implications of a double-sized bag it seems like two people being buried inside the same coffin and i don't fucking like that it just shares, it shares body. like that.
1: It shares body heat. And because the typical method was that you could always zip two rectangular bags together, but then you're like losing heat on the zipper, or someone's touching the zipper more than the other person. So when you do a full wrap, just an extra wide bag that zips on uh, one side there, hey, it's just easier. Hmm.
3: Yeah, I feel, also, I, like if, I, if I mean, you're if, a, if you're just a big person, if you're just a big guy and you want to go camping, you need, you need a big bag, right? You need a big bag. Actually, that's yeah, that's how to save from hypothermia in woods. You you wanna you got to get the hypothermia victim, and the the dry person. Everybody takes off their clothes, and you both get into a sleeping bag together. you Can save somebody's life that way. The serious best value. Yeah, write that down.
2: That's just value. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, they they always do recommend that, and there's. Because people have, like, I guess, like, taboos or whatever, but, like, survival situation, it's like, no, you have to be rubbing them, or just skin-to-skin contact, and as dry as humanly possible, so you don't fucking die, but, oh, I man. i recommend if
1: you can have the forethought, you should get a bivy, this is just in general for anyone, just to get a bivy, it's like an emergency, you know, it's like, emergency blankets that suck, the big mylar uh foil looking metallic blankets mm-hmm. like a bivvy is like oh. that it's pre-sleeping bagged and they also sell Heat ones trap. that are meant to go on top of sleeping bags so even though you'll just be like awash and sweat and it'll just be a puddle in the morning uh you still won't die in like in arctic temperatures so
2: they're it's nice disgusting. to throw one in your car if you ever have any mm-hmm. concerns of that yeah like it makes a, sense what what do they refer to as space oh, blankets yeah, yeah?
0: It's what people have to do in Arizona or their cars turn into death traps from the sun.
3: Oh, you're no, talking just, about covering just, the window? Yeah,
0: so yeah,
3: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: It's two uses for a sleeping bag. You could put it on top of your car as a tarp once 100 degrees and then not die the at night. So it's a good double use. Sorry, big sleeping bag side there. That took longer than I thought.
2: Uh, at
0: this point, <laughs> listen. He's sleeping in a sleeping bag. It's good. It's good to cover it. It's
4: good chat. I, I don't usually get to have good sleeping bag chat. If another, yeah, was, were
0: your roommates? Were they confrontational about this, or were they just like checking in about you?
4: They were so fucking grossed out. Um, <laughs> I live. I live with like three girls and like one kind of metrosexual dude.
1: Are you washing so, the bag?
4: Yeah, I, I, I wash it occasionally. I won't say how yeah. often. Okay. Um, I,
3: I, not, I a, not, not a great start.
4: Yeah, not a great start. A listen, start. listen, the bag is getting washed. The it's bag anyone. is getting washed. But when
3: <laughs> I saw this sleeping bag comic, I was like, Oh, girls don't like that. I don't like that. That's yeah. So I, I could if I were your roommate, I would definitely have been in that little intervention group. Like, are you okay? Do you need how would your help? roommates feel? If your mom? You,
1: um, so look, listen. Yeah, your roommates come in, they talk hot shit about it. Um, a date from last week is also with them they're all confronting you it's a ma- it's a surprise intervention you're ambushed you're back into a corner but you reach into your closet the double sleeping bag comes out how much yeah. of a solve would that be when you have the giant extra wide <laughs> double sleeping bag for a couple and you're like listen <laughs> at Just any keep moment, zipping you can in more thing.
3: sleeping bags to the to the pocket until it gets big enough that it's acceptable to them yeah
1: you five people into a sleeping bag if you unzip it it's Mm -hmm. just like a big blanket it's a blanket with a zipper and they're just missing the potential that and how uh water resistant it is
4: i'll definitely show them this podcast and if maybe they can learn (laughs) learn some truths you get prove them wrong and and if it lies if it makes if it gives you any comfort when i do have women over i do tuck the sleeping bag out of sight so they don't have to know (laughs) how gross i am um mm-hmm. i think that in terms of the double um
3: so wait I wait think, no let me uh, let me stop you there because if if okay. the sleeping bag is, <laughs> is tucked out of sight do you have like a decoy blanket that you put on the bed
4: yes i i, oh, I do yes. have two, two other he uh, makes two a choice comforting. to sleep in a sleeping bag yeah no i yeah i got i hide it i carefully hide it out of out of sight so no one no one knows um And I do have a regular, regular looking bed. I do also, and I know this isn't adding points. I also do not have a bed frame, um, so it is just on the floor. On
1: the floor with a
4: mattress. Mattress on the floor.
1: That's gonna get wet. That's not good. It's gonna get wet for what? Beds need to have the bottom side has to aerate. That's why you have a box spring with a rail on it. You got to have some space under there.
3: That's true.
1: That's help like, we're helping every day I, I don't know help why people
3: don't know well. this shit like they have to move in with somebody and then get told like yeah you gotta wash your sheets every two weeks yeah you gotta put your bed on a bed frame where you're gonna get mold in it yes you should not sleep in a sleeping bag I don't know why like most most men Wait, are hold raised on. Oh, by, shit. by a mom so they just don't pick this stuff up I don't know what the problem is there but there's there's some sort of some sort of disconnect and
1: so if the, if, you had, the if, you're adventure. Sleeping, if you're in a sleeping bag though you're you're keeping away your fluids <laughs> from the bed your the bed is now secure of your fluids and doesn't need a box spring because there's no
3: longer sleeping bags are are waterproof though
0: yeah beanie's kind of life hacking it with the the mattress on the floor and and uh right, we have to know beanie when you wake bag up combo. is the sleeping
4: bag ever kind of moist um, uh, I mean it's usually so cold I don't really sweat. Uh there have been times when it, it the temperature raises dramatically overnight where it is kind of like a merge. It's like what you know when Neo comes out of the, the matrix
0: like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's that's you yeah. waking up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's like pretty much exactly like that. Um, so uh here's what I'll do. I'm not going to get a bed frame. I'm not going to stop sleeping in the sleeping bag, but I will wash the sleeping bag soon-ish, and I might wash my sheets too. We so like if, there are, if there are any single ladies listening to this podcast, that's my gift to you.
2: Folks, <laughs> Folks, you heard cool. it here first, a day of exclusives. We've it's, got it's anxieties. On, on, We've got recording. amniotic fluid. Recording on Valentine's all. Day. This is Valentine's Day, pure Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Day
3: you know wink, I feel like a sleeping bag and and you should just when you get out of bed just like unzip it or, or you know if it's mummy style obviously you could just like turn it inside out let it dry out you know and before you before you get back into it because the the dust mites and the mold they get into the the moisture that that you uh you you respirate out or just exude through your skin all night that goes for everybody actually if if, if you're a make your bed every day kind of person which i'm not i have treatment resistant depression um <laughs> just like pull the pull the sheet back the blanket back let it air out a little bit it cuts down on cuts down on the dust mites and shit
0: absolutely every time i fluff my my uh, stuff up in my room i get very concerned about the amount of dust that that accumulates in my carpeted bedroom
1: new consideration <laughs> that, the mattress is already that. the mattress is already a wash would you consider we just keep we advance the camping tech in your in-home sleeping setup. We could do either an inflatable mattress that is like under six inches in width. We could do sleeping pads. Those are foam uh, like foam insulated pads that you usually use for sleeping on uh, when you're in a tent. Uh, so you could tuck that away and just be like, check out my bed. Duh, and you throw out a couple pads on the ground. They could be self-inflating as well. Uh, <laughs> that would just be fun to watch. Give uh someone you have over some updates, you have dinner out and you're like, I believe the mattresses would be done self-inflating in the next six hours and we can get into bed in two matching sleeping bags.
3: You could take turns mm, blowing also... it up. It would be it would be romantic. Just pass it back and forth, you know? <sighs> you're your turn. <laughs> get you get real light the heavy breathing and, and the lightheadedness. That's hot.
1: Is it better to have the inflation montage or should they just be ready and deployed so that it's, it's, um, what is it there? It's a surprise either way, but is it better that someone sees
3: you got to top it up? Even I like, even if it's out already, because you know, those things, they deflate like the temperature changes during the day, they get, they get bigger, they get smaller. You don't want to, you don't want to sit your lady friend on a, a flaccid mattress. That's not cool. Yeah, she's she's gonna judge you for that.
0: What you gotta do is blow it up eighty percent of the way before they get there.
2: So wait, and so then you when board? you get in
0: the room, you go, "Oh, yeah, it's a little." You know what? We should make this a little better, and that makes it look like you consider it. Like you're going out of your way to make it to make it a little bouncier.
1: You touch it, you t- you test point. it, and you're like, "How's that feel? Is that nice?" Yeah.
0: just yeah. the techniques.
3: Can Be I blow in, it up for you? What are your considerations? <laughs> Also, if she's actually sitting on the mattress while you're inflating it, you can really show off your your masculine energies. Like if if you can lift her with just and your lung nose, capacity, yeah, it's 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 sexy. Um, she's gonna feel like real small and and protected because you can you can lift her, you can float her on your powerful breath.
1: She'll she'll smell your dried spit on the f- fucking valve.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's pheromone well, So, anyways, See, this he says he is... says that he says that. It, it totally it totally comes across. If I try to say something deadpan, I sound like a sociopath. I'm gonna be in my my feelings the rest of the night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck
2: gonna... me. I'm gonna blow
1: up this mattress for you. We're gonna to go to sleep. You're gonna wake up three <laughs> after going to the bathroom, and you're gonna to have to uh, read this mattress slightly oh to get back. Oh dear God!
3: Get I mean, speaking smart. of mold, I was sleeping on an air mattress for a while, and I was I changed the sheets one time, and there was mold under there because it's just rubber, right? Like it's it just kind of collects yeah. that moisture, and yeah, it was it was pretty that's bad. Where the,
1: that's where the rubber met the road.
3: Yeah, sure. exactly, literally. Has anyone ever it's filled up an air mattress way. with water? Like, I've always wanted to try that.
1: See I just assume I it try? doesn't have the tolerances for water. <laughs> you probably get, like, a good hour out of it, I bet.
0: I was about to say, it It seems like it would be difficult to get the water in, but if you had a system, a cheap waterbed, maybe? Oh, I used to be water. fascinated by waterbeds. Fascinated when I was a kid. <laughs> for some reason, seeing the Goofy movie at a certain age made me believe that they were... Some level of like when you get to adulthood, you would just come to a point in your life where you had to you had to make a choice to get a waterbed or not. Um, yeah, I don't think they're a thing anymore. But mm-mm.
1: no, they're still out there. I was looking at pricing a bit ago. Uh,
3: kind of cheap. Let me I'll check actually for y'all. I had to be considered really a waterbed. Waterbed. When I was a kid, it was really weird.
1: You're, I was into. it. Saying. I thought it was pretty good. But I never knew the amount of maintenance and setup and potential fail points in a waterbed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. The first thing someone should have told me was, there's a heat Ruben. element. Ruben. Because the fucking water will get so cold, you'll Ruben. freeze to death in your
2: fucking Ruben. sleep. Ruben. The insulation's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry about that, BDL. <laughs> I mean, what the our man guest talk? he's you He's got.
4: He's going beast mode on the water bed. <laughs> he
0: That's, really is. The man? Hey,
4: listen. <laughs> I had a friend All right. All right. I fucking woke would... up and it sprung
1: a leak overnight and woke up in a pool <laughs> of fucking water and they woke up. And they just said, "What the fuck?" He run into the room. And they're drowning.
2: <laughs> and fr- yeah.
1: Just to <laughs> <You didn't laughs>
0: drown from that much water.
1: There, but well, it, it had like a walling on it, and they were just like they were like bathtubbed. They. Were, they like woke up and they're like where the fuck <laughs> <They're really
0: laughs> out. uh very neo-esque His kidneys are
2: gone <laughs> it's fucked up
0: it, listen <laughs> i just wanted to check in with you
2: Beanie. Beanie, Beanie. Uh, Beanie in are you the gonna water. get your
1: fucking bed or not we need to know i asked you 20 minutes
4: ago all right the question was do i have, what a, do we have to, so two to two get answers you I, the
3: water bed today is really what we're
4: um You'd probably have to, I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm so uh, accident prone and kind of, I just like drop sharp stuff. Around. I don't know. That doesn't seem like my uh, downstairs neighbor would enjoy that. Uh, plus it seems like that would just suck. So I'm i am going to say no to the waterbed uh, unless I, I get like really filthy rich balling out uh, and then I can just like not waste care it. about that. Yeah. Well, if I want to just waste money. Beanie, listen. Um, I
1: have a proposition. Okay. Waterbeds are about $3,000 right now for like a modern oh. one. It's a little mm-hmm. expensive.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But if it meant if you slept in a waterbed the rest of your life, it would guarantee that you die in a mummy sleeping bag <laughs> drowning in a waterbed. <laughs> would you get it? As long as that's the only way you would die <laughs> and nothing else bad would happen to you.
0: Hmm. <laughs> uh... a, guar- a guaranteed it's a guarantee, yeah.
4: guaranteed death. Well, then in that case, I would buy the waterbed and then just sleep somewhere else. You yeah. can't like live live forever.
1: Yeah, you have to sleep in the waterbed. You sleep in the waterbed. You can't sleep.
4: Then no, I, I think if someone said, "Here, buy this bed, and I'll guarantee you die in your sleep," you'll I would probably old. not. You'll be old. will
1: just be, you'll it'll be peaceful and uh, very lacking uh... oxygen.
4: But, I think I'm going to say pass on that option, unfortunately. Right.
2: I'm, I'm with you, Beanie. Uh, every time I sleep in a waterbed, uh, you just get headaches in the morning. Do I don't mean, know what that's time? about. It's probably the most. Yeah, best. wait, okay. wait. Pause.
0: Pause. Pause. How many times have you slept in a waterbed?
3: Is this like a regular thing for you?
2: Uh, you get to one every night. Six month? times in my life. Okay. Wow. I don't, don't want to relate. More times, I don't, six more I don't, times than me. I don't, I don't want to relate the circumstances, but... That's fair. Been to a, I've been to a water or two. I've, I'm a person of waterbed experience. Uh, and you know,
1: is a headache all six times.
2: Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just nausea or or something. But you know, that's neither here nor there.
3: <laughs> you get seasick from sleeping in a water bed? Holy shit!
2: Yeah, fucking dipshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. If there's one thing to to take away from from this uh whole experience today is two things i i seriously don't think i would have had that brain frazzle earlier uh but like i am i am a few things i am incredibly fucking easy to bully uh i have some intellectual capacity but i'm functionally stupid and pretty much other every other way and uh i'm incredibly uh physically strong but uh like in terms of inflicting harm, super weak. If I if 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 I if my shin nicks anything, my day's done. I'm I'm such a pussy. Like like in the most clinical sense of the phrase, someone being you a have, pussy. You have I'm the you biggest have sensitive mentor. skin. Oh, easily. Uh, in terms in terms, <laughs> <laughs> so Given 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 all of these thoughts on bedding materials etc. Uh, to to kind of I don't know relate it back to some of some of your work. Uh, I was thinking about like influences and and uh, what informs your work, uh, not just just nailed to specific people, Beanie, but uh, in terms of what you incorporate into your work based on. You know whatever influences be it media maybe philosophical or whatever uh you're 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 a very a very literate guy uh which i i find fascinating as it relates to your sense of humor and then non sequitur uh as soon as soon as you had mentioned billy madison uh i your 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 non sequitur on the maturity comic, uh, I am I immediately thought of that uh, SNL writer that makes an appearance in Billy Madison, where he says, "In no part of that rambling, incoherent mess of the blah, 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 uh, we've all become dumber." Uh, I I I wonder, uh, in terms of high art versus low art, like which wins out for you in your influences.
4: Oh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I. I mean. I think. Um, <sighs> I. I think in terms of presentation, honestly, a good amount is just low art. It's sort of. It's sort of hard to say. I think. Um, if in, in terms of the one-off sort of comics. Um, I really don't think there's that many influences I have in terms of actual other web comics. Cause like I said, I think most of them are just really not that good. Um, but um, in terms of kind of the, the style um, to, to the extent that I have any, it is really, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get like, this is so, uh, um I hate myself for admitting this. Cause I feel like, this it, kind of goes against how i want to label myself but a lot of like internet like sort of meme ish content has come to influence it not in terms of like oh you know here's a screen cap of seinfeld and it's like that feel when this happens blah blah, blah. but like going on 4chan and finding these like insane like super in-depth screeds and like image caps and like yeah. the virgin versus chad style of,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, of yeah, sort yeah. of
4: format um there's a uh, that sort of the weird, like, it's kind of the stuff that is, like, the writing that eh, makes you think, like, this wasn't written to be posted on some meme aggregator. It's some weird guy on 4chan who's really passionate about, about something, you know? Right. There's there's an old, um, a really funny piece of writing called, uh, I forget what it's, what is it called? It's um, Monster Rancher Reviews, which is some guy reviewing CDs y- using the Monster Rancher game. And um, he reviews it. He he uses it. He uses it to review a Death Grips album by um, putting the CD in and seeing the stats it generates. And other just weird bits of kind of internet writing um, sort of inform the style a little bit. Um, I think I also I was a philosophy major in college, a philosophy and zoology double major, and I was a big fan of writing philosophical essays. And I honestly think that kind of Writing style has influenced my ability to kind of write in a clear and concise way. Um, that,
0: that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Just having read some of your longer, like paragraphy comics and stuff, I could, I could see that. Yeah,
4: I definitely that. Was They're very me. well written, is to say. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, th- I think those two, in terms of of form, it is kind of yeah, very low art mixed with, I think, a sensibility that is not trying to dumb itself down at all um and in terms of the actual comedy style um yeah the big influences for me comedically are no fuck stand-up comedy don't give a shit about stand-up comedy comics i don't there's not that many funny comics i can think of i think hark of vagrants uh kate beaton's comic is really Absolutely. good Absolutely, mm-hmm. classic um,
0: webcomic yep. Yeah.
4: Perry Bible Fellowship, everyone loves that. Absol- I love
0: have that hardcover now, yeah. Um,
4: but the big otherwise, like I said, Podtoid super influential on my sense of humor. Um, I'm a big fan of Mega sixty four, the Mega sixty four podcast as well. Those guys are very funny. I think I picked up a lot of sort of turns of phrase from those guys. Um, but uh, otherwise, um, I don't know. I think I think the a lot of the times humor a sense of humor something you kind of just develop from from your like how you interact socially with people so um and i think not to like toot my own horn but i think once you are a um i don't know so much stuff that tries to be funny is just really painfully unfunny and um so i i because of that i don't have like the the largest swaths of of influences you know eric andre is great too um I I don't want to sit here and like name random stuff. I think the stuff I mentioned is the biggest influences that you would be able to see in my work.
2: Yeah, that that's the thing. What where I mentioned like high art versus low art or whatever is I, I had a conversation recently with a personal friend where, uh, she does like very super ornate art and very, very, she's she's able to knock it out relatively fast compared to some of her peers but it was something she came to at like 15 or 20 years and like the things that influence her there are some classical and neoclassical uh, artists that have like penchants for uh, getting across horror this or that but like also she, she also just loves dumb shit like Looney Tunes or <laughs> fucking uh, regular old shonen manga and it, it's sort of interesting how much is intellectualized uh, and goes into the work versus, versus that sort of raw bit of the brain, that id that gets it across. And so the juxtaposition of uh, the, the inward thinking of uh, some of your more personal works uh, that don't, necess- don't necessarily have a joke a minute. Uh, versus versus say, you know, the stuff that's easily memeable. Is it's interesting. It's interesting that you cite 4chan ephemera uh and guys super being into specific things, like, you know, like the music board or or et cetera or personal interest or DIY crap they do. Um and I think I think as time goes on, uh, do you, do you always feel that will be a part of your work? Do you, do do you feel like, do you feel like it's, it's sort of, it's sort of your lane or, or this or that, because we were talking about your, your horror premises earlier. Uh, In terms of, in terms of your output, uh, do, do you feel it will always be that way? Or is it, it's not like gun to your head, like, right. you know what I mean? But Yeah, yeah.
4: Um, I think, um, I don't know. I don't, uh, again, I don't really peruse the same sort of internet channels I used to to, to sort of find all that weird 4chan ephemera. You know, I don't I really go on Reddit. I occasionally go on 4chan, but I'm not, you know, using it, like, heavily. I'm just sort of occasionally browsing, like, fashion boards or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I don't know. I think, you know, stuff. I've sort of net- migrated over more to Twitter a little bit, which has its own sort of bizarre... Oh, yes. Sub subcultural components um which i think don't have quite the same level of kind of apocrypha as like i hope i'm using that word right i, I have no idea you absolutely that, yeah.
2: are eliza yeah. uh, eliza, so, eliza yeah. is a goon uh <laughs> um,
4: for 4chan is a little bit more like these are sort of the the bugs that dwell under rocks of kind of internet and they you get some weird stuff from that for sure um but uh, I, I think um, hopefully I, I'd like to – my big worry isn't so much like am I going to maintain my influence of kind of like 4chan, whatever. It's is really just trying to maintain that same kind of creative spark behind stuff, the same sort of passion. Because if you have a, an idea that has the right sort of energy behind it, it, it pretty much writes itself, I think. Um, so I really want to just make sure I can maintain that and not get sort of burned out. I think everyone can name an artist – or a musician or whoever who has, you know, a, a few really incredible pieces of work and other ones that, you know, maybe are similar superficially, but just the, the energy isn't there. So I want that to never happen to me if I can avoid it. And I don't really know how you do that aside from just sort of trying to keep fresh, but um, otherwise uh, yeah, I, I, I would definitely like to move a little bit more t- towards making stuff that can be seen, not necessarily as, high art per se because you know who knows what that even really means but um but uh you know i I wouldn't i don't want to go down in history as just the guy who who did stuff that you kind of chuckle at and go oh that's that's good all right you know let me move on you know the sort of youtube equivalent of the comic equivalent of like a a video of like uh you know man falling down or whatever um i think there's a lot of great stuff that is is really funny but yeah, really good but has kind of a uh not even necessarily emotional but kind of has a you know leaves a, an influence on you there's a
2: resonance um, a resonance
4: yeah 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 so I, I i think you know you look at like you know random example like jordan peele has key and peel i think that's you know decently funny whatever and then he also made get out which i think is going to have a much longer lasting sort of cultural impact and it's also a funny a very funny movie you know mm-hmm. um so, I'm not saying that's like a one-to-one comparison, but um, I, you know, I'm always trying to evolve as an artist, for sure.
0: It does make sense, you know, um, that level of of moving from comedy into something else, but but not actually moving away from comedy,
2: I guess. Yeah, that, that, that was sort of that was sort of like my rationale. We we'd had previous guests on, uh, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Colin Space Twinks it kind of talked about being online as a process and sort of that. And i spoke to, we'd spoke to Cardamonia about sort of doing publishing uh, and her sort of creative arc. And I think, I think what's interesting is, is how a lot of the, the sort of intersecting uh, methods that kind of come across in your work, uh, sort of extrapolate like over over x amount of time i think the most exciting thing about your work is imagining the permutations like five years from now uh because you you have like a you have they're so heady but not inaccessible which is so fucking weird because my first thought that i mean you've acknowledged it several times is yeah wall of text not going to read but like there's there's so much there's so much forethought and and you came by these conclusions in earnest that uh it's funny and it's also just like not exasperating, but you're just like, Christ, I've had that moment where I've been like frozen in place for five minutes or upwards of that amount of time, just considering The conclusions that led me to the point I'm at, uh, which I think is very hard to uh, grasp nowadays, especially with the nature of online being like immediate, immediate, immediate. You don't have any sense of time or the past. And it's interesting to see something that sort of bucks that sensibility and is like, this is me in the moment or this this is the idea i want you the the viewer the reader to stick with in the moment to convey a, a a cogent idea uh and it yeah yeah it's it's very exciting shit like not to not to not not to constantly uh heap praise but it's
4: oh keep keep it coming keep it coming baby
2: um oh okay no. multiple <laughs> Multiple award-nominated artist, co-signed yes. Twitter guy, who yes. is good at, at tweet, and also uh, has... has You've never incorporated full nudity into your comics, which is, like, a turn off for me, but, like, yo, aside from... <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no. <laughs> you're
0: you're kinda, one of the rare non-porn things that yeah, Michelle...
2: No, no yeah, they, Folks, I can't state this enough: no raw dogging in his works.
4: Well, just uh, I've I've made the I don't know if I've said this pledge publicly, but I will absolutely pivot to making hentai once both my parents die of natural causes. Um, (laughs) So say you know I've got the the plots in my head. My I'm sure my art skills will be so high level by then. Your minds are gonna get blown, and <laughs> yeah. your dicks are gonna rocket off like a fucking NASA shuttle. So oh, you know,
0: you know when the um, you know when the the go time is, and you're simply waiting. Yeah, exactly,
4: exactly. All you know, right, it, all right. It, in all seriousness, though, that's thank you. That's so good to hear. In terms of all the stuff you said, uh, the phrase you used, uh, heady but not inaccessible. That's like the the best compliments I could ever receive. I didn't really conceptualize my work in that way, but that's absolutely what I'm trying to go for.
2: Yeah. Um. That. that uh, yeah. Because it's always cliche, and I've talked to a bunch of artists, uh, that, that that book, Understanding Comics, obviously, people have a whole discourse about that book that I have no interest in litigating. But one of the key tenets in art, as a writer, I have the easier job. At my best, if I do good alongside an artist, it's because we... I, I I want to think of my writing as a screenplay, and the person making the thing as the filmmaker. I do my fucking job; they do their job, and like the art, the artfulness of the comic comes first. The words uh, obviously inform context or this or that, but conveying the feeling comes from the image first, and the uh, the way you meld the two. A uh, very interesting per- permutation of of that and the understanding of ephemera that informs it and how it comes across a- as a thing, which I think is noteworthy. And like, I think we should, you know, point that shit out because it's very hard to articulate it. It's very. I, this is the first time in one of these I wrote notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eliza is the anti-notes, anti-notes gang as it were but uh, like uh it's it's i am very interested in seeing uh your work in the future like in general a lot of people's work in the future uh, and particularly yours and how that voice develops uh are are there any contemporaries that you have uh whose work you think is sick if not that's cool also this isn't name dropping fest, but like, I, No, am kind it's of a good... I'm kind of curious, like, what you like, like, what, what's sure. up to you?
4: Um, I guess, I mean, obviously, I like a ton of different stuff. I sort of confining it to to comics because I think that's sort of the relevant totally. stuff. Influential, For sure. As. Um, let's see here. I think, like I already mentioned, um, Hark of vagrant, Cade and stuff. She doesn't really do that anymore, but that was really good. I th- I think. Um, in terms of web comics, the other one that I think is like grandstands above all others in terms of like narrative stuff is Octopus Pie by uh, Meredith Grant. Nice one. Um, yeah, that, yeah, no, so phenomenal. I I read it once when I was like in high school, and then she she read like you know reuploaded it with commentary, and the you can see the thought in all of her stuff is really it's incredible. And it really blows out the water. Everything else that was coming out at that time, which is just like, Oh, we're two gamers. And what if Halo was gay or whatever? Um,
2: Accurate. I'm sorry, um, man. I'm, I'm, I, I won't keep interrupted, but I will push push back. I kind of, I kind of want to see what would happen if Halo was gay.
4: <laughs> hey, agreed. agreed. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure VG cats has, has tackled that before or something. Um, but um, yeah, uh, in in terms of uh, let's see here, um, you know I follow a bunch of people I like on Twitter. I I unfortunately can't like name them all now, sort of comics wise. Uh, but
2: uh, there are a lot of them in print. Yeah.
4: Um, let's see here.
2: Like, in terms not, of print- not like printed comics, I mean like you know people that do like singular image print style.
4: Um, see, what do you mean singular image print? Like print making stuff?
2: Like. Like you know that thing on Tumblr where someone would make like a very artsy post, and it's like a single standing image, and it's like I don't know a very ornate Dark Souls guy with X amount of lovely coloring. That's what I—that's mm-hmm. what I mean as a colloquial print, not like
3: an illustration.
2: Yeah,
0: that's what I was gonna
2: ask. Uh-huh. I swear to God.
3: This is why you shouldn't make they notes. They ain't all gonna be hit. You're all fucked up because of the notes. Anyway.
1: It's a skill, well. Um, you can work on making better notes in the future. Don't worry about it. You know, you the can always use a thesaurus. Go I think if the notes are missing the word anyway. illustration or fucking drawing, <laughs> they could use some improvement. Um, yeah, I, uh,
4: in, in terms of, yeah, I, uh, there's definitely some, some illustrators. I really like, um, um yeah, oh, geez, I, I don't know if I could, could name them all off the top of my head. That's, I really, um, that's all good. <laughs> uh, they're, um, uh, on Twitter, uh, uh, one Riley, Mr. Pibmo is really great. She's a really great style. I think that's the, the one big one that sort of comes to mind off the top of my head. Um, I have a friend who's a 3d artist, Joe Kobe Soft Joe, you can find his stuff. He's doing a video game that's really cool. Um I, I, otherwise, I mean, going back to comics sort of briefly, um there's the ones that I mentioned I just read um this is a, you know, popular one, not India by any means, but um mm-hmm. Alison Bechdel, um she had Fun Home and then the sequel one about her mom, which I can't remember the name of, which kind of tells you about the quality of that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: but that's one that uh i read and i thought that was i think it's rare to find comics that and i sort of talked about this in some of my other comics briefly but it feels like as a entirely as a medium it's kind of immature a little bit it's kind of it's hard to find stuff that is going to have the same uh being able to speak about issues artistically and beautifully and thoughtfully um in the same way that literature or maybe even film can. And I think that fun home does that super duper well. All of Alison Bestel stuff does that really well.
2: No, absolutely. Uh, It's, it's, it's incredibly good. Uh, It's incredibly good. I don't want to say like character study, but like, like, like observational stuff where you can relate. You feel like you've, you've at least overheard one of these conversations
4: yeah and and again she's like not afraid to like write a lot and write in a way that is very heady and and is not dumbing it down um and uh other you know otherwise um i'm a huge fan of like shonen manga of all of all types i that you can definitely see that
0: i couldn't write oh. definitely i wanted to ask a little bit about um were the horns on your character uh your little cartoon version of yourself particularly inspired by toriyama or something else
4: um you know they uh they weren't um that the character sort of the the character that uses my avatar is really not sort of meant to be me that kind of is just how it evolved because it was hmm. just a character i like to draw although a lot of people say there's two there's one people say always it looks like car cat from homestuck oh, i which, don't know that yeah yeah don't hey don't don't bother yeah Um, yeah yeah. (laughs) but the one that i think blew my mind because i might have subconsciously just copied it like fully is there's a character from odd man 11 by doman saman who uh looks exact it's a girl basically a girl version of that exact design Mm. um but uh yeah i i don't i not sure where i if it's not from there i don't know where i i uh took it in from but yeah no um def- definitely <clears throat> sorry go ahead
0: oh go ahead. i was just gonna say it it reminded me just coming across it as just a reader and a kind of a civilian it reminds me a little bit of the types of um like you know Toriyama always drew himself as a little robot etc mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah that kind of thing
2: just uh just to sort of interject, because we're we're probably coming up on two right now. Uh, I wanted to ask yep, anyone else any, any more remaining questions. Eliza, Ruben, Jake.
3: Well, uh, I just wanted to say that I am always this is this is an I'm right uh, monologue, so just bear with me. I'm always saying, let's go, that go off that the way that to get good fucking web comics and good fucking comics and good fucking nerd media in general is to have it created by people who have a fucking education, who have a philosophy degree, who have a zoology degree. Um, and it doesn't have to be formal education. It just has to be a fucking brain on their heads. And that is the only way that you're not going to get stuck in the, the the sort of superficial ready player one death zone that so many web comics and, and other nerd media get stuck in. Um and it's I hack. think the problem
2: it's heck, it's writing for the audience.
3: Exactly. It's total bullshit. And even if even if the people that you're writing for don't have the same educational background as you do, they're still gonna be able to pick up on multiple levels of the work, um, and and react to it more strongly. And I'm always saying this, and I mean I was a writer at Destructoid, Kotaku, Wired. I mean, I was in the first generation of like big nerd professional journalist, blah blah blah. I don't do it anymore. But one of the reasons I don't do it is my fucking audience were all stupid. And
2: I oh, hate yeah, it because no. it- they
3: were not able to detect that the reason that they were reacting so strongly to something like, I don't know, Portal as opposed to whatever the recent Call of Duty thing was, was because it was written by people who actually had a brain. Um, and and were making references to overarching themes in their culture you know, and actually coming up with interesting synthesis of that information as opposed to just going, ah, reference to thing that you've read before. You're familiar with this. React positively mm-hmm. to it. Yep. Um, so I just want to say that, you know, hearing that Beanie is is a a, a book lord like myself is, uh, is highly gratifying because I'm always saying it. And you know, hark a vagrant, same thing. You know, that's a that is a 100 percent humanities comic, you know, <laughs> like you're you're going to get the most yeah. out of that comic if you are a book nerd. Um, for sure. But it's not for sure. just for book nerds. It's it's accessible, too. So, yeah, I'm right. That's that's all I wanted to say.
2: Yeah. Uh,
4: well, very briefly, I might have to burst your bubble here. I'm really not actually much of a book lord. I, I reading actual book books, I really do not read as much as I should. Um, well no, not yeah. Well, Clap. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
4: no, no,
2: Ruben's right there Ruben's anti
0: book, very anti book. Buck reading.
2: I I wish I wish
4: I read more. Door. Um door. Uh but uh yeah. No, but I otherwise I yeah, I I totally agree with uh, with pretty much everything you said there. Um I uh before we I, sorry, I don't want to keep clapping no, on No, this, you're the guest. But, uh, yeah, we yeah, we yeah, you're can't good. we
2: can't shut the fuck up. You're it's it's your ball, I would, baby. I would
4: I would be remiss if I went on a podcast without mentioning two, two super good comics that people should read. And the first one is maybe my favorite comic of all time, although that in more recent time has been maybe up for grabs. And that's and you can maybe find influences of this in myself as well. That's Saikyo Densetsu Kurosawa by the creator of Kaiji, um, which I wouldn't say is really highly intellectual, but I think has an emotional rawness, which fucking knocked me off my socks. Mm. off my socks whatever um when i read it and the other one which i think do does have is just phenomenal is which i read recently is coco Nohito. i don't know what the english translation is but it's based on a novel about a rock climber like mountain climber and the graphic novel version of it is like oh it's like nothing i've ever read before and it's use of like visual metaphor and it like oh it's so chilling it's If if it's a fresh one on my list, but if this is a if I had to say my sort of things I like, I gotta get that in before the uh, the podcast is over because I could recommend all oh you know little Shonen shit, but if you want something that is smart, like you mentioned, you gotta check out Coco Nohito. Coco Nohito. I saw
0: your tweet about that recently, and I actually it, it was considerate enough that it's now one of the mental note comics I have in my head to eventually get to um i also pulled it up it looks like the english name may be the climber that's part of the logo um for anyone listening uh just throwing that out there Uh Um, but yeah that's that's great it's cool to. i always love you know listening or hearing about what people that make good art are reading what they dig
2: all right well just to just to wrap up uh one, we, we deeply, we deeply appreciate you hopping on, uh, and we're all rooting for you. Uh, you're doing sick, nasty right now. Very, we'd love to see it. Uh, just as a, as a closing thought, I think, I think looking at overarching things right now, it's very difficult to suss out and determine, uh, realness and work versus, you know, heck or whatever. And I think, I think genuine love for subject matter uh, absolutely cannot be removed from from that, and some people are put off by it. They think it's a level of elitism, or we need to do X amount of gatekeeping to keep people out. And then some subcultures, and in turn, a scene struggles between them. Uh, you don't want everything to enter the monoculture. Uh, there is there is a net loss to society uh, with things like the preponderance of MCU shit. Uh, I feel like an inoculant to 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 the monoculture, eating things alive and fucking everything into a pile of rubble, a crater where thought, intent, and ideas where, where you're you're getting across new shit. A lot of people forget that a lot of MCU and DC stuff uh, propagated by Jack Kirby in particular was shit people had no point of reference for. The new gods as a concept was was sort of an answer to to religious pantheons and creating whole new gods and... That's fucking incredible! Incorporating new ways of thinking and visualizing that.
0: Yeah, it was, it was Kirby going stupid when he was given carte blanche for DC.
2: And yeah, there there is there is a a tug of war uh, with realness, and I think when we go beyond and dig deeper and incorporate things like our humanity, uh, and not try to maybe relate it in the broadest possible sense, but also here is me, here is the guy, here's my view. And it's, you know, you're you're not only conveying an idea, but maybe subconsciously a message. And I feel like sometimes that's what's missing and it can seem corny or cringe, but there does seem to be a cogent message through your work, which is, you know, uh being considerate about surroundings and sort of consider of the self in a way that goes beyond what we think of as egoism or the egoist himself and yeah uh I'm excited about the future and i think i think I think you've got a great future ahead of you and uh i i hope you have a good rest of your night I hope all of my uh my co-hosts have an excellent night. And it's been a good time recording this. Uh I'm Michelle Perez. We got Jake. We got Ruben. We got Eliza Gager. We got Beanie Tuesday. It's thank you, Beanie. And this has been yeah, working no, thank, on it.
4: Yeah, thank um, you guys so much for uh for having me on. This is a very very fun time. Good discussions all around. Hey, oh, right on.
0: Absolutely. Um yeah, very easy going. Um you've got all the good stuff out there that we'll have, you know, in the notes. For the app, but you have uh Instagram, a Patreon,
2: yeah. Was, Twitter. Was gonna, all easily
0: findable under Beanie Tuesday. Yeah, if gonna, you've uh, already been listening. Is you there probably any know
2: about is that. there any any plugs you want to get out of the way, homie? I
4: think no, we got through no. most of them, yeah. Yeah, he he pretty much nailed it. Um uh Twitter.com slash Beanie Tuesday, Instagram.com slash beanie tuesday, patreon.com slash beanie tuesday, uh slash <laughs> Beanie Tuesday. That's where it's, it is.
0: It's easy. It's easy peasy. Absolutely.